fucking scary. My friend Greg is going through something weird, and I'm going to read some of his tweets. Okay. Just found out my grandpa died. Never really knew him, but still. My mom never wanted to talk about him, and I never really asked. And then a few days later, something weird is happening in the woods outside my house, and I don't know what to do. Also, if someone was trying to scare me, it was going to take more than some bullshit arts and crafts project to do the trick. I gathered all the artifacts together and burned them like the first one. And there's pictures of these weird twigs in the shape of like triangles and stuff hanging from trees Mm -hmm. and then like some weird leathery, I don't know, objects hanging from trees and like with twine on them. Greg said, after I disposed of all the stick things, I took a shower, got dressed and went back outside to do some basic tidying and whatnot. The deck and the yard are sort of overgrown and leaves are starting to cover everything. Being a new homeowner is a lot of work, turns out. That was when I found something that actually did make me nervous. I was raking a corner of the yard when I saw something dark on the ground off in the trees. I couldn't tell what it was from afar, so I went to investigate. At first I thought it was a blanket, but when I got closer it looked like a big sweatshirt or a hoodie or something. I didn't want to touch it, but it was obviously clothing of some kind. I looked around and realized it was a whole encampment. There were a couple of old socks, a pair of what I think are underwear, a few old napkins scattered around, and a plastic spoon, and the creepiest of all, a beat-up notebook. I flipped open the notebook, but nothing was written inside. A whole bunch of pages had been ripped out of it, so I know someone had been using it. Plus, you could sort of see the shadow of pin marks on the most recent page. I couldn't make out what had been written on it, though. And there's like pictures of the notebook he found and um, along with all the other objects he listed out in the grass. Anyway, that definitely freaked me out. It was clear someone was camping out on my property and possibly trying to scare me out of the house. I wasn't really sure what to do about it though. What could I do? I definitely didn't sleep well that night. That was the day before yesterday. The next morning I sort of expected more weird artifacts to be outside, but I didn't see anything. And the encampment was gone, so I figured it was probably a homeless person passing through or something. Oh, shit. Either way, that's fucking scary. Yeah, that's creepy. The driveway ends a ways up from the house, and then you have to trek down a path which bends around the side of the house to get in. I was walking around the house when I saw some movement across the yard near a tree. I froze dead in my tracks. I thought that was the end of it and turned my attention back to the house. I realized the house had almost no cleaning products and I needed to pick up some supplies again. I drove into town and picked up some Windex and some spare light bulbs and some other stuff, then came home. Someone was standing under a tree staring at my house. They didn't see me though, since I was also partly behind some trees and a good distance away. Whoever it was, they were wearing the same dark hoodie I'd seen in the grass the day before. And this picture, dude, I zoomed in and it's like, Because, you know, you could have, like, hung a a hoodie from a tree or something. Right. It's literally someone in the hoodie. And it kind of looks like a mannequin because it looks so bizarre. I don't know how to explain it. Like, the eyes look very pronounced. You can see, like, that close. Yeah. I'm going to probably post this as the image on the Instagram. Because it's it's scary looking. It looks like a person is, like, for real standing there in the distance. Staring at the house. It's taken from like a side view, so the the person in the hoodie can't see Greg taking the photo, but they have a clear image of the person in this photo. So Greg said, as quietly as I could, I set down my shopping bags next to me and slipped my phone out of my pocket. I managed to take a couple of photos, but the person turned and disappeared into the woods. I stood there for a couple of minutes, too nervous to move in case the person came back, but they didn't. So I picked up my bags and hurried inside. I picked up the phone to call the cops, but put it down because I didn't even know what to tell them. 
someone was looking at my house, <laughs> like any police op- officer would take me seriously. And like an idiot, I destroyed all the weird artifacts from before. So there wouldn't even be any evidence. I felt like there was nothing I could do right then. Uh, still call the cops? Jesus. Right? Because you're on land. So they could, you know, they're on your property stalking around your house. So that could that could have easily been just a complaint just so that the police officers have it on record. That you yeah. Yeah, I've already warned them that something's going on. Exactly. I was mad at myself and feeling scared all alone in the house, so I locked all the doors and left out the back. I went down to the lake because I didn't know where else to go. I just knew I didn't want to be in the house at the moment. I walked a ways down the lake shore and sat for a while looking out at the water. I thought about getting in my car and just going home, but I felt like that would get me in trouble. There's all sorts of property tax stuff I don't understand. I felt trapped. Also, I couldn't decide if I was actually in any danger. When my grandpa died, it took me a couple months to actually get up to the house, so maybe someone was squatting in the empty house, and now that I'm here, they might just leave on their own accord. It was starting to get dark, so I reluctantly headed back to the house. I walked up the stairs leading to the back of the house, but right before going inside, I got this weird chill. I made up my mind that I absolutely did not want to stay in the house overnight. I decided to go get in my car and drive into town to find a motel for the night. The house was all locked up and I already had my keys, so I went back around the house and toward the path that led to the driveway. And that's when I saw her, the figure from before, standing right in the middle of my front lawn, staring straight at the house. I froze in place, completely in shock. I was practically next to her, but it was almost as if she didn't see me. Then it hit me. She couldn't see me because she had no eyes. She had no fucking eyes, just shiny skin over where her eyes should be. And she had almost no hair at all. I wanted to run, but I felt like if I moved even a little, she'd scare me. I mean, she'd hear me. As quietly as I could, I went for my phone. I needed some sort of evidence to show the cops. It all felt like it was happening in slow motion. I feel sick to my stomach as I'm writing this, but I was able to get it on video. My heart is racing just thinking about this. I haven't been able to watch it since I recorded it, but here it is. And the video is terrifying. And it's like dark outside. (gasps) Oh, shit. She, like, turned her head to look at the camera. Oui. It's so quick. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I watched it because I'm scrolling up these this uh, Twitter feed, and so it just starts playing, mm. which is – I needed a trigger warning for that. But <laughs> I ran back around the house and got inside. I scrambled upstairs and looked out my bedroom window at the front yard, but she had vanished. Remembering it now, it feels like it didn't really happen, like it was a nightmare or something. I called the cops and explained what had happened. I'm sure I sounded crazy, but they said they'd send someone by in the morning and to keep my doors locked. So that's where I am now, alone in the woods, freaking out. What? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared shitless. It continues. There's pictures and he keeps finding weird stuff. Yeah, it it just, it goes on. So long story short, Gregory is on Twitter, August of 2018, when those tweets started. He moved into his grandpa's old cabin or something after he had passed and was supposed to fix up the house um from the tweets it looks like he's a young adult over the drinking age because there's another image of a cocktail and stuff so that's how i gathered that information Mm -hmm. and so soon people just started commenting and you know asking questions and they wanted to see more and it just kept developing into this horror story essentially and that's what i'm going to get into today what i just read is considered an ARG. Mm. So today's episode is going to be a little different. Uh, I wanted to take 
you guys to the realm of the internet that you may have experienced and not have even realized it. And because it's an internet-based subject, there are going to be a lot of websites I mention and refer to, as well as articles I'll skim parts from, so bear with me. <laughs> In case I forget to credit her later, uh, this YouTuber named Rainbot showed me this realm, if you will, of the internet. And she's on YouTube, like I said, Rainbot, R-E-I-G-N-B-O-T. She's super cool. And I, I discovered her like two years ago. Have you heard of her before? No, I haven't. The way it describes the channel on the description is oddities of the internet or something. And it's really interesting stuff if you ever get interested. She does really deep dive videos. So I'm going to mention a few of these phrases, names, or terms and tell me if you've heard of any of them. Okay. Dear David. Yes. God damn it. That <laughs> Freaking That's one of my favorite ones. Dude, that literally that literally kept me up for weeks. Yeah, yeah that was one of the ones that I was really clinging to. Every day I looked for updates on that because it yeah. was really it was really addicting to keep up with it. It really story. was. It was terrifying, but I needed to know what happened next. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Been drowned. How about that one? No. Blair Witch Project. Like the actual Blair Witch Project or mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've watched the movie. Does that count? Okay, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good starting point. How about The Dark Knight? Same thing. The movie? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to connect those together later on. I'm Abby. And I'm Daniela. And this episode is going to be introducing to some of you the ARG term, which I'm about to define. And discussing a few, let me uh, throw around some more terms and see where they stick. Creepypasta, mm -hmm. conspiracy, marketing ploy, publicity stunt, and hoax. So depending on how you look at these, you can um, label them however you want. But these can all be forms of or possess qualities of ARGs or alternate reality games. And I'm going to head over to Wikipedia because I found that that definition simplified it the best for me to understand. An alternate reality game, ARG, is an interactive networked narrative that uses the real world as a platform and employs transmedia storytelling to deliver a story that may be altered by players, ideas, or actions. The form is defined by intense player involvement with a story that takes place in real time and evolves according to players' responses. Subsequently, it is shaped by characters that are actively controlled by the game's designers as opposed to being controlled by an algorithm, as in a computer or console video game. Players interact directly with characters in the game, solve plot-based challenges and puzzles, and collaborate as a community to analyze the story and coordinate real-life online activities. ARGs generally use multimedia, such as phones, email, mail, but rely on the internet as the central binding medium. Hmm. So just like onions, horror has layers, and this layer <laughs> is going to be internet-based. It's a transmedia, but you know relies heavily on internet interaction between its audience and the creators. There are different kinds of ARGs, and they can range from just rumors to actual interactive games that require direct actions to keep going with an objective and a goal it needs to reach. I'm not reading Wikipedia anymore, sorry. These are my, my little notes that I was trying to break down what this is exactly. 
I'm going to give a couple of examples of what ARGs are, but there are different types of ARGs. And lately, the ones that I've been into are just the Twitter kind or just like the storyline based ones that are on like Instagram and stuff like that. Okay. Places online like Reddit and 4chan are major sources where users see weird posts and they become like detectives and try to figure out if that's if it's real or if something weird is going on or if someone's in danger and sometimes it can get out of hand. Have you seen any mm-hmm. anything like that cuz I know you're on Reddit sometimes. It's been a really long time since I've seen it so I don't really remember what happened but I think I started reading it when it like first came up. I really honestly can't remember what it was called, but I never went back to like check for updates, so I was like, I don't know. That's what's the thing happening. about these is that they happen in real time and the buzz around them like keeps happening in real time. So that's that's what really defines cuz I mean like creepy pasta and stuff like that, a lot of those are like older and people find out later as they like slowly spread. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I actually find these after the fact yeah. in like summarized forms, which is less fun in my opinion than, but yeah. for me, honestly, I'm so gullible and I'm in panic mode all the time and like always, you know, the world is a, j- a dangerous place <laughs> kind of thing. So I'm almost relieved that that's how I find them because if not, I would just be like, someone call the cops. She's been kidnapped. Yeah. She's in danger, just like things <laughs> like that. Think about it as a creepypasta happening in real time where users are interacting and building it up to be true. So earlier when I mentioned that ARGs rely on its development, relies on how people are reacting to it, it'll build on to its lore sometimes. Say like just a second ago when I was reading Gregory, his Twitter yeah. feed, if he posted those pictures of the, those artifacts he was finding, I'm sure there were people commenting saying it's witchcraft or, you know, this or that. And so maybe he planted those there and was like, this could be anything weird. Let's see what they say. They they threw out those ideas and he was like, that's a good idea. And, you know, just yeah. develop the story into what they had given him, you know? Yeah, that's really smart. I, I don't know how some of these are thought out beforehand. And then some of these, I guess, can feed off of what the users and audience say and think. Mm-hmm. This is the type I will be focusing on today. Um, I wrote in quotes because I thought I was um, witty. Thread thrillers. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> that cause web sleuths to band together. These players, without knowing it, affect how the storyline plays out. All ARGs are creepypastas, but not all creepypastas are ARGs, where mm-hmm. they have overlapping elements but are not the same thing. Bizarre happenings are tweeted about, and thus the era of Twitter horror is born. I am cringe. Cringe, (laughs) Lord. In terms of actual video games, an RPG or role-playing game can also be considered an ARG, but once again, it just depends on what it is and how it's getting played out or whatever. Yeah. And then there's LARPing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was really hoping you were joking. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm gonna go. (laughs) I was falling into a rabbit hole of like augmented reality and all kinds of (laughs) shit. And I was like, okay. So with developments in internet interaction via social media came a new way that we can enjoy horror, thus ARGs, what I'm talking about. So I'm going to start on the smaller end of the spectrum with a rumor style thread on Reddit. Okay. And I'm going to bring up an article that I found on Vice. And to me, ARGs just mean something that actually exists with a weird story around it that other people contribute to in terms of like trying to figure out what's going on with it. So that's how I'm defining 
that's how I'm finding these examples. I didn't really use these examples because they were on a list or anything. It's just mm-hmm. what I consider them to be. Funtime Kids Daycare. Does that ring a bell? It's a weird green building that was popping up all over Reddit because people were like, what is this? I never see kids going in or out of it. And it mm-hmm. might be an organ. What's it called? An organ? Where they steal your organs? Harvesting. An harvesting. organ harvesting operation. Are. It sounds familiar. 2016 is when this article's from, but I'm pretty sure it started like... 2015-ish, and then it just spread like wildfire. So this Salt Lake City daycare has become a magnet for conspiracy theories. Is it a drug front, an organ harvesting operation, or is it just a normal, slightly creepy daycare? Depending on who you ask, Fun Time is either a normal daycare, albeit a slightly creepy one, or a cover-up for something insidious. Possibly a CIA black site, a drug front, or an organ harvesting operation. For the people who suspect something sinister, it becomes the subject of an enduring mystery. What's going on in this building and why has nobody seen kids come in or out? The Funtime Kids Daycare Conspiracy began January 25th, 2015, where user DiscoGodfather6922 posted a photo to Reddit. He wrote that he'd lived nearby for five years, but he'd never seen any kids having fun inside. The original Mm. thread, now completely redacted, is preserved on because of how many people were trying to go see this place, they had to take it down off Reddit. They were it was pretty much doxed, like it was doxing locations and stuff. So yeah. it was unsafe to keep the Reddit thread. Soon, other Salt Lake City locals weighed in. One user had admitted to seeing children inside despite the cardboard in the windows. Another user claimed to be a letter carrier who had been inside the daycare and said it was fully functioning. The only strange thing is, the user added. No matter what time of the day I showed up with their mail, it always seemed to be nap time. Oh, no. Another user claimed to know someone who broke into the facility out of curiosity and found one room with a chair facing a TV displaying a live video of another room in the building. What the fuck? Later, users claiming to live in the neighborhood chimed in to say the place was just a normal daycare, swept up in paranoia from digital sleuths. But their defenses around... Arouse suspicion from other users. I'm just going to point out that everyone in this thread who is saying that this place is legit registered their accounts in the last 15 hours or so. Hmm. Posted a user called G-Thing. <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> theories reached a fever pitch so quickly that after only a few days, Reddit admins deleted the original thread from r slash Salt Lake City. At that point, there were already hundreds of posts and users had begun harassing the business and posting personal information about the owner, which the admin said amounted to doxing. Banning mm-hmm. all discussion from the daycare of the daycare, the admins argued, was necessary to stop future witch hunts and to protect personal information and the lives of innocent people. But that didn't stop the conversation. In fact, it only fueled the suspicion. The original post on Salt Lake City subreddit migrated to r slash conspiracy, r slash conspiro, and r slash subreddit drama. Many users also pushed back on the administrator's decision, arguing they would only post publicly available information and never advocated that people harass the business. So they kept trying to get in touch with the owners and they wouldn't comment. So it wouldn't put this story to to bed, essentially. Without the owner's insight, what would explain the creepy stillness of the place, the covered up windows, the rumors of the chair facing the live video feed, the lack of sightings of children around the building? I decided to go through some public records to see if there was any documented explanation. The property is owned by 
Chunga International. Okay, so according to Utah Department of Commerce records, there have been two owners since 2012. This person checked out the names. The paper trail seemed only to indicate a normal daycare business. Uh, okay, so I, I guess the, the owners were discovered or whatever. They just didn't want to... They were like, leave us alone. We're fine. But they're... It's hard because children are involved. You don't want to look like weird, you know, pedophiles trying to take pictures of children entering the building. But I cannot find images of it looking like an active daycare. Mm -hmm. Whenever we don't live there, we're just going off of what they say they see and don't see. And once again, I'm counting this as an ARG because the whole thing about the chair in front of the TV with the live feed on another room, that's probably a complete lie. It's just really creepy. Yeah. So it's just building its own like weird mystery around it. That, so that is was one, terrifying. That is one that I thought that I had found. And I'm kind of surprised you didn't hear about it, but yeah. I'm not surprised. Unless that was the one, but it sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. And the whole time that you were telling me the story, the ice cream man was going around the block, and so you might be able to hear the ice cream truck music, <laughs> which is fitting for feel. a daycare. It's terrifying. Exactly. Get you in this okay. spooky mood. It's it's almost like the universe just helps us out every time with this kind of thing. It really does. Okay, a neighbor named Gregory Dolan admitted he'd never seen kids go in, but he's pretty sure there's nothing suspicious going on inside. Uh, okay. Hmm. It's just creepy that, I mean, I haven't seen the picture. It's bright green. So it's almost like it's standing Mm -hmm. out on purpose. Like, why would we use a building that stands out like this for illegal activities, guys? What is it called again? Fun Time Kids Daycare. Oh, there it is. Oh, what? It has, it literally has, I Googled it and it says... Like, it gives the information like it's a business, so mm-hmm. it closes soon because yeah, <laughs> 5.30. But it does look – it. I don't – You know what I mean? Like, hiding in plain sight kind of building. It looks really cre- – look, there's a picture of a child. <laughs> they were like, stand oh, here real quick. Oh, that's not a child. That's not a child. That is a little old lady. <laughs> Opening the door, but it, I think there's a child behind her, but it doesn't look that creepy because now it look, look, there's a, no, that's not it. It looks, it's bright ass green. Unless I'm, you said it was in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't look, I mean, it looks creepy, but it, I pictured like, yeah, uh, like a, um, regular looking building like probably car shop like a chop shop uh, like a oh my like, gosh a warehouse or like something. ivory green or you know like something just yeah. and this, this is, is like bright yeah this is like standing out with mm-hmm. a purple door or like a magenta door and the windowsills are all yellow yep mm-hmm. it does look creepy because it looks like it's out of like peewee's playhouse, <laughs> playhouse. <but laughs> Some Redditor also tried to contact the Salt Lake Tribune to see if someone could investigate it and do like a journal journalist type deal um, to see if it's connected to sex trafficking. Oh. So just people are like, come on, someone go see what's going on that has the license to do it. There yeah. are, I just saw a picture of two little girls with backpacks on knocking on the door. Okay. That is creepy. Mystery solved. 
No, I'm just kidding. The The point of this is, is that I'm one of the people that want to believe that it's creepy. Like you, you can show me any facts and I'll still be like, there's still something creepy going on, right. but it's not. You know what I mean? Like there's yes. like a group of people like me that are like, come on, it's fun. It's more fun whenever it's like. When it's the, yeah, and I'm like, I don't want them desperately to trying to make it logical because I don't want to be yeah, scared. Yeah, because it's terrifying. <laughs> yes, it's terrifying. Yeah. Because of some users, this turned into a witch hunt. So, you know, it just goes to show like people banding together, trying to prove something can be, you know, can get out of hand. Yeah. And it gets even more out of hand. I'm going to bring up other examples later. And who knows if some trolls just agreed with the first poster just to play along to see how many people fell for it. Right. Like I was saying. I mean, yeah, that sounds like something that would definitely happen. Uh-huh. It's like if you're bored enough, come on, let's let's have some fun with these people that are reading. Yeah, and, and people are gullible like yourself me? there. Yes, me. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap, call the police. <laughs> reading these threads now reminds me of that app. Uh, hooked. Remember when there were ads oh everywhere? Oh my god, the ads like, for that are so, so annoying. annoying. They're annoying, right? But it yeah. was a good, it was an interesting idea. But they didn't. I don't think the marketing was was quite there because that's another thing. It's like you can the ones that are more fun are the ones that you can't tell are fiction. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like this yeah, those are terrifying. one. And reading people's responses, like, now that I think of it, there was a strange man standing outside the door. You know, like, just thinking (laughs) of it, like, I I just came up with that right now, but that sounds pretty real to me. So then then it can evolve into, like, web series on, like, social media or on YouTube Mm -hmm. and, like, art project style works on YouTube. And I missed a lot of these when I was growing up. Apparently, there was like one called Lonely Girl 15, and it was kind of like, it almost looked like a reality show diary like a a girl talking to a webcam I didn't look into it too much because I didn't want to throw in too many examples but it was a a really popular thing that people wanted to know what was going on with her and stuff I think I remember that because I think Jody was really into those at one point yeah yeah and she would tell me all about it every shift that we had together she would tell me about them and I I honestly think that might be one but some of them were like really creepy like they would text you they would text i'm i think that's what would happen like she would receive a text if some an update was happening or something or like they everyone that like signed up for it to get Mm -hmm. an update they got Mm -hmm. like a clue and then people were it was just really weird that's very immersive like you feel involved in the story whenever they include you like that it's pretty it's pretty cool that's probably an episode all on its own all of these different kinds of ARGs yeah so I'm bummed that I missed out on a lot of the ones that came out a while back because as they're blowing up and they have all this buzz surrounding them they're more fun yeah. And with the, it runs with the plot, like if it's happening in real time, you know. And then there are some that are horrifyingly real. But by the developments that seem too convenient, the public understands that they are just along for the ride and to be entertained and not truly concerned. Me, yeah. on the other hand, like I said, I, I believe anything because sometimes it's because I want to and sometimes it's because I'm just gullible. Um <laughs> And the really good ARGs go way back on social media. Like Greg, the one I read at the beginning, he had two or three tweets before the action started. So that's not as believable. But some people put in the dedication to start a Twitter account or whatever platform a year or two in advance. And they just build up on like 
they just have daily tweets here and there that just, you know, build them up to be a regular Joe Schmo. Nothing weird's happening. It's everyday normal kind of posts. And then they build up their character and their plot. And then all of a sudden we're like, this guy's a regular guy. He wouldn't lie to us. Yeah, like dear David in his house. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. whether these are just, you know, liars or it's a hoax or whatever. Conspiracy theories aside, we enjoy these ARGs because they make us really stop and think for a second that it could be real. So without further ado, I'm gonna give out a few examples. On Twitter, we have at Moby underscore dickhead, who is actually a well-known cartoonist on socials, Adam Ellis, aka Adam Tots, who writes relatable comics with illustrations of himself featured in them and he used to work at BuzzFeed. It's the Dear David writer. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one that people should get on there and read themselves because along with the images of the cats looking at nothing and stuff, it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so videos are the, the worst. Videos, the videos, yeah. And it was building up so well. And I don't, I don't like giving spoilers, but there is eventually a time when you see the ghost and it's terrifying and it looks real enough but that's the point where people are like okay we don't believe this anymore and yeah. it really bummed me out because it was building up to be really good he still says that that was actually real and with a lot of these ARGs they don't admit they don't like say okay you got me it's the end anyway so yeah that was fake they keep it going so that either you don't know if it was real or not still to this day or you just believe it was real cuz they said mm-hmm. it was or you know that it wasn't fake There's another Twitter that I really liked uh, and I heard about it on a a video at the sun vanished. And this essentially is a Twitter feed comprised of tweets from someone who lives in a, an alternate reality where the sun disappeared and it creates a scary environment for the user. And it's complete with fake news coverage of the sun disappearing. And there's like looting and people outside his house and, weird creatures and it's it feels pretty real when you're scrolling and then gregory at gr3goryy88 is the one that i read at the beginning moves into his grandpa's old home where scary things happen in the woods around him and and he starts finding creepy items and sees this eyeless woman and we find out that she has a story and that there's other stuff going on so at a certain point People realize that it's not real, but they still indulge in the ARG. Yeah. One of my favorites, Spin Drowned, is a popular one that's a Zelda game, the Majora's Mask game that has weird glitches in it. And the player goes on to find out that the previous owner of the game had been killed. Mm. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't heard of that one. So like the actual like game in real life has glitches or just his version. The thing about it is I read this a long time ago at night in the dark on my phone. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't heard of Ben Drowned, look it up because there are videos of the actual gameplay along with each post. So anything that's weird that's happening and there's music and everything and it make it's so eerie and unnerving. Pretty much stuff that isn't supposed to happen at certain points in the game are happening and so the player is trying to figure out why oh i'm already scared god dang it so he went to a a garage sale essentially and this older man sold him this game it's always garage sales never 
do that. Never do <laughs> yeah, that. There, it's always haunted items. Get it. It really it. is. It really is. And a game of all things. Goodness yeah. gracious. Go ahead. No, I know. Seriously, it, it really creeps me out. You should really look into this. I am not going to look into that while I'm by myself. Okay, I need your help with this. This is not a copy pasta. This is a long read, but I feel like my safety or well-being could very well depend on this. This is a video game related, specifically Majora's Mask, and this is the creepiest shit that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Start. He started playing the game, and he said, I was impressed at how smoothly it ran. Literally just like a retail copy of the game, save for a few minor hiccups here and there, like textures being where they shouldn't be, random flashes of cutscenes at odd intervals, but nothing too bad. However, the only thing that was a little unnerving was that at times the NPCs would call me Link, and at other times they would call me Ben. I figured it was just a bug, a fluke in the programming cause, causing our files to get mixed up. He had saved his, his name as Link, so whenever he's talking to other characters in the game, they call him Link. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they started calling him Ben instead. That's creepy. It did kind of creep me out though after a while and it was around after I had beaten the Woodfall Temple that I regrettably went into the save files and deleted Ben. I had intended to preserve the file just out of respect of the game's original owner. It's not like I needed two files anyway. Hoping that it, that it would solve the problem, it did and it didn't. Now NPCs wouldn't call me anything. Where my name should be in the dialogue, there was just blank space. Frustrated and with homework to do, I put the game down for the day. I started playing the game again last night, getting the lens of truth and working my way towards completing the Snowhead Temple. Now, some of you more hardcore Majora's Mask players know about the fourth day glitch. For those of you who don't, you can Google it, but the gist of it is that right as the clock is about to hit zero on the final day, you talk to the astronomer and look through the telescope. If you time it right, the countdown disappears and you essentially have another day to finish whatever you were doing. Deciding to do the glitch to try and finish the Snowhead Temple, I happened to get it right on the first try, and the time counter at the bottom disappeared. However, when I pressed B to exit the telescope, instead of being greeted by the astronomer, I found myself in the Majora boss fight room at the end of the game. A trippy boxed-in arena. Staring at Skull Kid, hovering above me. There was no sound, just him floating in the air above me and the background music which was regular for the area but still creepy. Immediately, my palms began to sweat. This was definitely not normal. Skull Kid never appeared here. I tried moving around the area, and no matter where I went, Skull Kid would always be facing me, looking at me, not saying anything. Nothing would happen, though, and this kept up for around 60 seconds. I thought the game had bugged or something, but I was beginning to doubt that very much. I was about to reach for the reset button when the text appeared on my screen. You're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation, dot, dot, dot. I instantly recognized that text. You get that message when you get the room key from Anju at the Stockpot Inn, but why was it playing here? I refused to entertain the notion that it was almost as if the game was trying to communicate with me. I started to navigate the room again, testing to see if that was some sort of trigger that enabled me to interact with something here. Then I realized how stupid I was. To even think that someone could reprogram the game like this was absurd. Sure enough, 15 seconds later, another message appeared on the screen, and again, like the first one, it was already a pre-existing phrase. Go to the lair of the temple's boss? Yes or no? I paused for a second, contemplating what I should press and how the game would react. When I realized that I couldn't select no, taking a deep breath, I pressed yes, and the screen faded to white with the words, dawn of a new day, with the subtext, a bunch of lines beneath it. Where I was ported to filled me with the most intense 
sense of dread and impending fear I had ever experienced. The only way I can describe the way I felt here is having this feeling of inexplicable depression on a profound scale. I am normally not a depressed person, but the way I felt here was a feeling that I didn't even know existed. It was such a twisted, powerful presence that seemed to wash over me. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clock Town. I walked out of the clock tower as you normally do when you start from day one, only to find that all of the inhabitants were gone. Usually with the fourth day glitch, you can still find the guards and the dog that runs around outside the tower. This time, they were all gone. What replaced them was the ominous feeling that there was something out there in the same area as me and that it was watching me. I had four hearts to my name and the hero's bow, but at this point, I wasn't even considered for my avatar. I felt that I personally was in some kind of danger. Perhaps the most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing, ripped straight from the game itself, but played in reverse. Oh no. So if you play this game, it makes sense. I didn't, I had never played this game. And when it's accompanied by the video clips of what's going wrong, it's so terrifying. When he says that the certain characters are hovering above him, it Mm. really is like just a character above his character looking down at him and then the song's playing backwards and then things feel like they're speeding up, but everything's still moving very slowly. It's like very unnerving. That is terrifying. Then there's more posts that go with that. You have to read the whole thing to really get get the feel. is in reverse why freaking scary is that why would you play it for me that is really scary i never (laughs) ever want to play that game well i don't think you have to (laughs) because there's only this version of it and he has it i'm gonna actually probably reread this again later because of how much i enjoyed it when i read it the first time people really really enjoyed reading that and they were very interested in the cartridge and what happens and so i think it ends up telling him that he drowned and in order for his soul to be saved the player has to do something in the game to like help him move on so really it's a very creepy. intricately written creepy pasta that feels like an arg because the the person who plays it is interacting with the internet essentially and having people comment and right. and ask him questions mm-hmm. that creeped me out so that was been drowned just a little sneak peek of it So like I said before, it could be a rumor and it starts a thread and then it starts people investigating what's going on. Then it could be like a creepypasta that you find um, written by a user on Twitter or a user on Reddit, um, as I think where Ben Drowned started was on Reddit, I'm pretty sure. And then it got saved onto its own little creepypasta website, creepypasta.fandom.com slash wiki slash capital B-E-N underscore drowned so you can find that there and then there are the ARGs that are completely an entire game on their own that you have to interact with in the real world Mm -hmm. so these are mostly fun and sometimes they're marketing based ARGs and so I'm going to talk about the dark knight one first Oh, I do know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I didn't know about yeah. this. And that was one of my favorite movies whenever it was coming out. I didn't know about that one either. Um, well, I didn't know about that one, but mm-hmm. I know that other other things, like other movies and other games that are coming out, yeah. they do that for their stuff. Netflix did it for a series 
of unfortunate events. Yes, I read about that one too. And it's like, oh my gosh, am I not paying attention? Yeah, I didn't know that they did it either. The real fans of this are like, they kind of look for the details where you can get before it comes out certain little teaser trailers or mm-hmm. uh, links to songs that artists haven't released, that kind of thing. Yeah. The Dark Knight ARG was set up a year and a half before it premiered by 42 Entertainment. People who attended the San Diego Comic Con found dollar bills that had the Joker's face painted over the president. Mm -hmm. And there was a website at the bottom of each bill that was whysoserious.com, which didn't end up being a phrase until until The Dark Knight premiered. So it was kind of hinting. The objective was to connect the real world to Gotham City's universe. So people mm-hmm. felt like, okay, this is how the Joker is becoming the top dog in, you know, in the villain universe. Yeah. Participants were shown clues on that website to get the game to continue. And what they would do is they'd have to have somebody online the whole time getting the updates while another person was out and about collecting the clues as they were getting updated on the website. So isn't that really cool? A lot of people participated apparently. And like I said, it was designed to connect the universes and give some background information on the rise of the Joker and the state of Gotham City as the movie was Mm -hmm. on the website itself. It says, Why So Serious was designed as a 360 degree alternate reality experience that played out over 15 months leading up to the release of The Dark Knight. Spilling out over a multitude of different platforms, this deep immersive campaign recruited the audience to become real citizens of Gotham City. Over 11 million unique participants in over 75 countries fueled the rise of the Joker as henchmen, campaigned for Harvey Dent to get elected as district attorney, and even took the law into their own hands by becoming copycat Batman vigilantes. From calling phone numbers written in the sky to hunting down GPS coordinates to find mobile phones baked inside of birthday cakes, Why So Serious was an experience like no other. As these fans collectively scoured the globe in search of clues, their incredible passion generated billions of impressions in the press and blogosphere, setting a new benchmark for immersive entertainment. Wow, I don't remember hearing about that at all. And this was like, what, 2007, 2008 or something like that? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I was very into other things. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) what I'm saying too, because it depends when people were certain ages and what technology they had their hands on. Yeah. Yeah, that well, was Well, I guess it was just a website. It was just a website and phone and uh, pay phones and stuff like that. So I guess technically we did, but I mean, I wasn't at the age that I could just travel around by myself, go to San right. Diego Comic Con. So it just <laughs> depends. But like I said earlier, I wish that I would have paid more attention whenever those mini series were out and stuff because that stuff's so cool. And that time came and went. And now I feel like it's getting shorter and shorter with like Twitter threads and things like the Hooked app where we want straight to the point horror. But that just takes away from how immersive it's supposed to be, in my opinion, where you're like part of it. Yeah, I agree. Because this is really cool. And it was a marketing thing, but people had a lot of fun with it because they're big fans of the uh, comics and of the Dark Knight films. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that was a, a successful way to do it. I didn't include it, but you know the band Nine Inch Nails? Yes. They also had an ARG. I believe it was in the, in like 2003, so even before this. And they even went so far as to plant USB drives in the bathrooms at their concerts. Oh, yeah. 
where they got clues to like the universe that was built around their album mm-hmm. where it was like post-apocalyptic, which the year was 2022 that they set that storyline in. So that's pretty soon. That's creepy. It reminds me of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist because they have to <gasps> find that yes! band. Yes. Oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? Where's Bunny or something? Or Something about a bunny. I haven't seen that movie in forever. So F- Fluffy. Oh, yeah. Fluffy. It was Fluffy. Mm-hmm. Where's Fluffy? And they were trying to figure out where the... Because it was like a secret concert or something, yeah, right? And so they, they were, were trying, trying to figure out where out. it was. That whole movie is... It's gold. It really is really good. When she punches him in the throat, I lose my shit every time. <laughs> when her friend's throwing up and she's like, hold it. <laughs> I watched that movie with my parents and they were laughing so hard. I watched it. She threw it. up into the freaking toilet at the subway and she yeah. gets gum out of the damn oh, toilet god. oh god that was a good ass movie i want to watch it now it's on netflix it's on netflix yeah sweet so that was the dark knight arg the blair witch now that is a totally opposite version of the kind of arg that the dark knights was mm-hmm. in 1997 They took the marketing approach to make the film appear to be a real documentary, but never did they state that it was for sure real or for sure fake Mm -hmm. or, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a game type ARG. It was just the lack of media attention and information on the film before its release in 1999 just added to the idea that it was a true story and that the actors were real students. And then they were even listed as deceased or missing. My God. So that was the controversial part of it. I'm pretty sure that they had a problem with that part. But as far as like it garnering the right kind of attention and terrifying people who watched it, it did its job. Mm -hmm. The documentary was centered around an urban legend that was completely fiction, but executed discoveries of proof in the film extremely well. So when people saw the film, it felt like it really happened. And the public was so terrified that viewers quickly went online to see if the actors were ever found. In 1999? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I guess. uh, Or even after the fact. After the fact, too. People. And even now, um, younger generations are watching the movie and being like, oh. Because they have access to the internet a lot better, like a lot more than we did whenever. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Or, you know, I guess people in general that were going to the theater around that time and stuff. Mm -hmm. As low budget as the film was, the utilization of psychological horror really makes the film and the characters breaking in it. You know, like when they, like the map, when the map went missing and she like lost her mind over it because it Mm -hmm. was like their last little bit of like hope to get out of the woods. It's very believable. And that approach is extremely popular in horror today. I mean, because, like, haven't you noticed that with movies like Hereditary, Midsummer, and The Lodge? And those are more recent. But even before that, anytime the protagonist goes through some trauma and they're already, like, mentally shaken, mm-hmm. when they're going through, like, something scary, it makes it even scarier. Yes. Also, yes. the game Blair Witch, which is set in the same universe as the movie, it was really good. I only watched Hunter play it because I cannot. I will throw the controller during horror games. Mm-hmm. I didn't it's a know that there game. was a game. There's a game, dude. It's really good. And your companion is a dog. Oh, no. I know. Anytime there's an animal, it's like, uh Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Mm-mm. The only two games I sat through <laughs> the entire gameplay that while Hunter played 
played it was um, Resident Evil, Biohazard, and then this Blair Witch game, and those were both very scary games. <laughs> I've never really played a horror game. I think the only thing was like there was a zombie game at this mm-hmm. arcade at the mall in Del Rio, and mm-hmm. it that was terrifying in itself. And I like vaguely remember it, so I can't even. Would you be able to? Would you? Because you have to literally. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a dark house, and you have nope. to pick up a flashlight, and you're mm-hmm. all you see is your hand, and it looks like you're actually walking through the house. It's not even VR Absolutely or anything, not. and I'm terrified. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't either. There's noises. Like, the way that they make these horror games is, like, so... And there's, I mean, these are more recent games that I just mentioned, but they're obviously, like, all the Silent Hill games. Uh, Outlast is another horror game that people really like, and Mm -hmm. they look so scary. Like, I don't know how little kids played Five Nights at Freddy's. When that thing pops up, are you kidding me? No, I can't even. Once again, Jody showed me, like, Mm because I didn't know what, what was, like, what was going on with it. Mm-hmm. So she showed me a video and I was like, children play this. Like, what? This yeah. is scary. Dude, did you ever see the freaking Slenderman game that was online for no, a little bit? I have never seen it. It's pretty low budget. It, it was kind of like pixely, but um, I think that added to how scary it was. But pretty much it was a free online game, I think. And you just walked through the woods and any time Slenderman was around, your screen would start flickering with like static. Oh, no. Mm-mm. And you had to go hide or like figure out where he was so that you would get away from him. Uh, or else he would just pop up and take you and that's how you lost. Nope, I cannot play. And me with me, it's like, okay, I'm trying to survive or I'm doing missions. I can't fucking do both. Like this is too scary for me to get because then you're distracted like reading a note that you find or something for and the next clue. Out at you. <laughs> and all of a sudden your note starts flicking and you're like, oh my God, I just fucked myself by trying to do these missions. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I have too much anxiety for that shit. I can it's barely scary. even play regular video games without and, I mean shit, these ARGs so. are popping up all the time. Apparently I didn't read it because I haven't finished season three of Stranger Things, but apparently Baskin Robbins did in ARG. Did I think they? it had to do with you call their number and instead of the regular Baskin Robbins number or like answering machine or whatever, mm-hmm. it's whatever ahoy, what wherever the fuck those Stranger Things kids work at the ice cream shop at the mall. Uh, yeah. Scoops ahoy. Yes. I have the shirt. Jeremy bought some for me, him, and Emma. That's cute. They did that, so that's cool. And like you said, the series of unfortunate events is also another thing that people are getting hints about for Netflix. Yep. To wrap this up, terms like Easter egg, creepypasta, conspiracies can actually show us that ARGs are like happening, but we have to like recognize them because sometimes they aren't as obvious. The reason why I wanted to do this ARG thing is because... I watched this video and it was like super sappy for me because um, I'm very nostalgic in general uh, Mm. all the time. Like I'll bring up things from like my childhood all the time. And it was called How Horror for Kids Dominated in the 90s. And I really like watching people like break down trends in media and stuff and analyzing like what it meant and how it shaped the people who like consumed that media. Mm. And I realized how important it was for me to have like goosebumps and courage the cowardly dog and like weird cartoons like all real monsters and 
things like that as I was growing up because my parents mm-hmm. didn't really like horror. So like there was no other way for me to get into it at such an early age. Right. So that video is really cool. If, you, if anyone wants to watch it, it's on YouTube and it's called How Horror for Kids Dominated in the 90s. It's only eight minutes and it's pretty interesting and worth the watch because it discusses R.L. Stein and R.L. Stein had mentioned to, I can't believe I forgot his name. He wrote it in uh, all those movies. Stephen those King? Books. Stephen King, yeah. <laughs> R.L. Stein had a, an interview with Stephen King, and he pretty much said that his books were like the training bra for King's books. <laughs> and it makes sense. I mean, yeah. they're age appropriate, and they never have like too terrifying of an ending so that kids don't lose hope and are like, this is so dangerous and scary and stuff. And Mm -hmm. same thing with Courage the Cowardly Dog. It uses like metaphors to like make kids brave and it's still fun to watch that kind of like kids horror even now and like be able to understand what it's saying as an adult. So I thought about how that has changed to now it's like social media stuff because even TikTok and Snapchat have ARGs where it's like a disturbing Like somebody's just vlogging, right? And then something happens in the background type thing. And then everybody gets together online and they're like, okay, what the hell was that in the background? And then it's it's all a big game again, like with the little horror fan club community online. So that's how it's changed or aged with us, I guess, because it's my age group and our age group that's online reading these things and coming up with these conspiracies. Just scaring Oh my gosh, did you ever watch Scariest Places on Earth? I loved oh my God. that show. I love, and I always looked for, as a kid, I always looked forward to October because they would do the Halloween specials and like those marathons yes. of those kinds of shows. The 13 Oh my of God, Halloween. I'm going to cry. Don't start. It was always better than Christmas for me. Like I would get off the bus and it's October and, you, you know, the leaves are changing and I'm running home with my little backpack on. I get my Cheetos, watch, I think it was Amelia Bedelia was on like right at 3.30. Wow. And I was always excited because Goosebumps was right after that. And I would sit down and watch that show. <laughs> and then it was like Scariest Places on Earth whenever it was ABC Family. Now it's called like yeah. Freeform or whatever. Freeform. Yeah. God. And this video made sense whenever I watched it because it really did change after I was not a kid anymore. Like Courage the Cowardly Dog got canceled all the mm-hmm. cartoons were less disturbing looking to like protect kids from having nightmares and shit like that, which is like, yeah. don't watch it. <laughs> Sorry, but like, <laughs> we yeah, can't all be right? a safety like, blanket for your ass. And now there is a bunch of kids that want to watch that stuff exactly. now and they have to like watch it on YouTube exactly. or something. Exactly. Thank you. Did you ever watch, um, are you afraid of the dark? Yes, and that is a Canadian-based storytelling that, show. That's scarier, I feel like. Was, yeah, that shit mm-hmm. was terrifying. And I can't remember if there were, like, not happy endings, but, like, if there were. I honestly think that every single it ending was, real. like, you could be okay. Like, you could be okay, but you mm-hmm. might not be okay. So... Like there was a little bit of a threat Which at is the important. end, and I think yeah, that's what exactly. scared me the most that's out of what, those. Um, hey, you know that's why Canada is better than here. So that just goes to show. <laughs> this is true. Even their horror, even their ch- children's horror, was better than uh, than ours. The only downside to these ARGs is that sometimes they can get out of hand, and red herrings are created, distracting police from actual developments in cases under investigation. 
So one example I gave Mm -hmm. here was, have you heard of the YouTube video called, Hi, Walter, I Got a New Girlfriend? That sounds familiar, but I might be blocking it out. It's pretty disturbing. (laughs) It's just disturbing because of how realistic. And, you know, a lot of these um, actors or artists, as I would call them, put so much effort into being this disturbing and scary so it's like it's nice to appreciate that they're doing this because they're not getting paid this isn't a movie or a film that's getting money they're just doing what they love so that's something to appreciate but this Mm -hmm. video essentially is let me pull up the article because it'll sum it up Washington Post covered it and summarized what happened. So was this YouTube video showing an abductive woman or was it a hoax or was it something much worse? So basically it's this short little clip and it's called, Hi Walter, I got a new girlfriend. And it's this this man, I'm not going to be offensive about what he looks like or anything because that part doesn't matter. But for three months, nearly a million people poured over the Hi Walter YouTube video, trying to determine if it was a bizarre hoax or something much worse. In the video, a man describes spending the day at the mall with the most wonderful girl he'd just met. He tried on clothes at JCPenney, he said, and she picked out a necklace at a jewelry store. Then we got kind of tired of the mall, and I brought her back to my place, the man, Patrick, says. And I know she hates cameras, Walter, but I got, I'm going to show you her anyway. Moments later, he opens a locked door in what looks like a basement. There's a woman tied up on the floor screaming. Why are you doing this? The woman screams as the man walks into the bathroom and shuts the door. Help. The video, apparently the only one uploaded by that user, existed in obscurity for seven years <laughs> until last month. That's when viewers noticed the screaming woman resembled Kayla Berg, a 15-year-old who disappeared from a Wisconsin town around the time the video was uploaded. Antigua, Wisconsin police laid the viral rumor to rest on Tuesday night after enlisting the FBI's help to track down the people in the video. The Antigua Police Department has identified the video producer, cameraman, actor, and actress in the video, the department said on its Facebook page. This video has no connection to the disappearance of Kayla Berg. The video had captivated Kayla's family, who said the woman on the floor resembled their daughter. Even the clothing matched. It sounded like her, looked like her. It gave me chills. Hope Springer, Kayla's mom, told Wisconsin ABC affiliate channel. Disturbing. It made me sick to my stomach. I thought it looked a lot like her, she said. I pray to God it's not. But then they would have found her if it was, you know. She she was a high school gymnast, and she disappeared in August 2009, according to 2010 CNN profile of the case. She had asked her brother's friend to drop her off at her boyfriend's house near Antigo, about 80 miles northwest of Green Bay. But the house where Kayla was dropped off had been condemned and was being renovated. Yeah, that's messed up. So she's been missing for a while. Don't know if she was ever found. I didn't look into the case or anything. But as far as this ARG thing goes, he said, the creator of the video said, we apologize for any emotional harm caused by High Walter. I got a new girlfriend. We produced it in 2009. There was no intention of it resembling any real person or event. The actors involved wished to extend their sympathies to the mother of Kayla Berg and sincere apologies for emotional turmoil it caused. Please help find Kayla Berg. So if anything, it was a red herring because they the police actually did put effort into figuring out who they were and if that was her. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it was also a positive thing because it brought attention back to the case. And then people who had right. never heard of the case found out about the case. So 
People who are interested mm-hmm. in eerie stuff become obsessed with the possibility that something's not right and they want to figure it out and figure out if it's true or if it's just a performance art piece. Chaos takes over the internet when something seems wrong and all of a sudden everyone is a detective and even actual field-related users join in. So what I've noticed on Reddit and stuff or 4chan on those kinds of posts, uh, someone will be like, I'm a forensics, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't make sense for that to be, you know what I'm saying? Like when people are from that field and they say they try to like break apart the case so that other people can be well, like better informed on what's what to believe and what not to believe. I've seen that before too. Mm -hmm. Or even hunters, like if the, if it's a gun related case or something, people or you know, gun owners in general or people who are, educated on guns, for instance, can say that bullet casing's not yeah. from that gun that they own. It's from this. So yes. everyone just jumps in to, to like give their information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, whenever they're like doctor here yes, exactly. and they like say mm-hmm. whatever, uh, or, you know, uh, say like <laughs> I, I created a, some kind of web series and I was like, I found these weird bones in my backyard they look like human remains. And then someone's like, I'm a veterinarian. That's actually the uh, tailbone of a skunk, ma'am. And then it just ruins the whole thing. You're like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for ruining exactly. it. God. Uh, another <laughs> one, which this one was unintentional once again, but this YouTuber, I never watched her or anything, but her name was Marina Joyce and she was just a daily YouTuber. And people that watched her videos thought that she was acting weird. Like she was signaling the camera. And it looked like there was someone standing mm-hmm. on the other side, like making sure she made the video. So this thing Weed. started that was hashtag save Marina Joyce on Twitter and everywhere. And it went viral. Police even went to check on her. And this, I think, was in like Britain or somewhere else. But they investigated it because they were sh- certain that she had been kidnapped and she was forced to make videos for YouTube. So that's another time right. when the Internet just went wild with look at how she's holding her arm. Look at her eyes. She looks like she's getting distracted by someone. Um, Call the police. She's been kidnapped. Uh, So ethics of ARGs are discussed a lot in like different articles on whether it's safe to blur the lines between reality and and fiction and and that kind of thing. There's one that's going Mm -hmm. on, I think right now called Bond Skinny and it's on Instagram. I just followed her. This one's more graphic where there's like bodily fluids and stuff involved. So if you get grossed out easily, do not check out Bond Skinny on Instagram or TikTok. She wears a a scary mask and it's a girl and she does TikTok dances and stuff. And she is either acting or she has some kind of mental disability where she she's like very not sporadic is the word sporadic. Like she does sporadic movements and uh, yells and screams. And then one video garnered a lot of attention because she was saying, let me out. And she was behind a door and she was trying to get out. So people thought she was kidnapped. And there's this man that she talks about in her videos called Mr. Man. And it seemed like he was keeping her captive. And then there's a video of her inside of a kennel. It's like very disturbing imagery in video form. So you can't not see what's happening. Like it's not like it's a a misconstrued 
thread or something. People say that it's just performance art and it's just very edgy. So I guess, you know, people have the right to express themselves however they want. And it, it takes a lot of dedication to keep up that kind of act and stay in character. So yeah, that's that's doing the absolute most right yeah, there. So whether it's performance art or scavenger hunts or just publicity stunts, you can see how it's easy to, to become fascinated by and even addicted to wanting it to be a weird situation to like solve. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's what I got. Wow. That was really, really interesting. Like, I really liked that. I feel like I butchered the fuck out of it, honestly. I think you did a really great job. It was a lot. It sucks that we couldn't, like, really... Delve in. Yeah, like... Because I really enjoy them, and I don't know if people even know they exist. A lot of people do... I know I didn't for the longest time, so that's why whenever mm. I started looking into them, I didn't even realize that they were going on around me the whole time. Right. There was apparently a, a Halo one called I Love Bees. That was familiar. Yeah, it was a website called I Love Bees, and it ended up giving coordinates for pay phones. And you would go to the phones and they would call and give you information about the Halo game that was coming out. And it was like it was literally just a website about bees. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's like so creative. I guess though, like it that we didn't get to like go like deep diving into some of these stories. A lot of them though, people have to read them for themselves to be exactly. able to really get the full effect of it. To put effort into that dude, like dear David, he apparently got a film deal going right now netflix or or hbo or something they want to buy his story yeah but he whenever that first was going on or like i think he's been offered that before and he said no he's like i'm not trying to make money off of this blah 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 and then now he turned around so then it just feels more real but hey you know what he didn't get he didn't get money off of it but he certainly got a lot of followers and a lot of people know who he is and he was already a a cartoonist and a Mm -hmm. former buzzfeed writer so in a way, it did pay off for him to do. Because imagine if it is fake and he put in all the effort for. Oh okay, my god! Bro, that gave me a fucking heart attack. <laughs> Holy Jesus Christ! Sorry, <gasps> I can't breathe. <laughs> I was this like, motorcycle just passed by and scared what is that out of you. Noise? Oh my god! That scared me. I was like a demon. <laughs> Here it comes. It's that that eyeless woman. Stop it. If Dear David is fake, though, he did the most. He yeah. walked, he went to different locations, mm-hmm. took photos at different locations. He did something to make his cats react to yeah. whatever's on the other side of the door. They would meow. They would be staring into like the sky. Well, like the videos of him not being home and the cats reacting to things. That mm-hmm. was freaking scary. And then the the recordings overnight when he's asleep, he took voice recordings. Oh, stop it. it I don't want to remember. It's just the extent. Like, fake or not, I, I love it. Like, nice, nicely done because that really captivated millions of people who don't know each other and had everyone communicating over that one story. You know what I mean? It just, mm-hmm. And so that just goes to show, like, it's a, it's a whole new genre of horror on its own, uh, this social media frenzy that goes on sometimes with different weird things that are happening or not happening they could just be completely fiction but they're just so much fun that you just want to immerse yourself in it yeah 
Yeah. I agree. Together, the community. Are there any that you that you like? That Besides Dear David and that Gregory. The Gregory one was good until I got to the end and I was like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is I, this? I didn't even shit. keep up with that one. So I guess that's- at first. Oh, did you did you not you, you don't know? No, how I don't it know. Ends? I don't know how it ends, but it's don't do it to yourself. When they go too far, it just ruins it. It's like okay. Yeah, he went way too goddamn far. And I was like, this is what it is? This, this is it. It was a little bit creepy, but it was it was still it takes you dumb. on a wild <laughs> ride for such a small ending. Yeah, it was it was Ooh. It was ridiculous. If you want to check out one, there's one called Local 58. It's on YouTube. And this, this okay, have you heard of Candle Cove? That weird child's children's oh show. Oh my God. I just got chills yes. up my spine. Listen to this. So Candle Cove was created by this artist who makes weird videos and stuff. And it's completely fiction. And he made a broadcasting series. It's called Local mm-hmm. 58. It's on YouTube. And I heard about it today or else I would have included it because it's very well, – it's on that YouTube channel that I that I was watching that breaks down things that are on the internet. One of them, I think it's called – I think it's the Nexpo channel on YouTube. And the Local 58 is a series of videos that look like real broadcasting um, clips and mm-hmm. they have dates on them and stuff and – it's a government PSA and it seems very believable and it has like an alternate history and it's during the cold war. One of the videos, it looks like, like I said, like a PSA and it pretty much says how to commit suicide. Yeah. And oh, it's no. very edgy. You should watch it. Cause it's not scary. It's just disturbing. Like if it were real. And then at the end of that video, it oh. says um, we apologize for the interruption. That's, that was uh, proved to be a hoax, whatever. No one's talking also. It's just broadcasting music and VHS looking oh, clips. Ugh. It looks very real. The way the Candle Cove was made to look um, realistic with like a grainy film yeah. production type thing. So it's that kind of thing. But I found that today and it's they're still going on. It's pretty good. Did you know cool. that the Sci-Fi Channel made a show based on the Candle Cove and like creepypasta? Channel Zero. Yes. Uh, I started that. I it's. I refuse. I refuse. It's scary so far. Um, all the yeah. I refuse to watch it. I threw out all those, or you know, threw around all those terms to keep in your noggin earlier. Creepypasta, conspiracy, Mandela effect. What if? What if? Because Mandela effect on its own is a creepypasta. Like it's an internet sensation all over the place. Yeah, we're going to do an episode on it. I am so excited. But let me just Mm -hmm. throw this out there and you can have me edit this out if you feel like this is ruining it. But if the Mandela effect is just an ARG that someone started and then everyone just started Mm -hmm. agreeing and it's just fake memories that we all agree on. Could mm-hmm. you imagine? Because in a way, that is an alternate reality that Sinbad came out in yeah. that Shazam, you know, or, you oh, know things like that. Things like that. That one drives me crazy. It never happened, but in that reality, it did. So what if we're all just playing this game because we think we remember it, and now we're certain we remember it because other people remember yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, Well, the universe is about to implode then if that's the case, because what the Fuck. Right, BuzzFeed, quit listening to this because I don't want you to write an article and not credit me. All right, because these are some <laughs> big ideas that I have, and they're it's come on, like that's genius, right? The Mandela. It really is. I've never thought of that. 
I can't believe it. So yeah, interactive creepypastas are ARGs. That's the simplified version of it. And if you want to hear more about alternate reality games that don't feel like games, they feel like stories, then make sure you comment on our Instagram post whenever it goes up and uh, let us know if you've heard oh, of any yeah, of them. Yeah, let us know some good ones. Yeah, if you want, if you want us to do a, a more investigative form of what they are or which ones are going on right now, then I mm-hmm. would love to. I would like to see them too, but just skimming because I'm scared. So, did we give you the creeps? 